It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings, the show that's so nice. We do it twice. I'm Ross Tucker. He's Joe Dolan. You should follow him on social media at FG underscore Dolan. Definitely check me out, please, at Ross Tucker NFL. We greatly appreciate those of you that spread the word via social media with the tweets. You know what we love? We love, re- we love quote tweets where you say, best fantasy podcast out here. Joe Dolan's the man. Whatever it is, I don't really care. Just quote tweet with how great we are, and I or Joe or both or at Ross Tucker Pod will very likely retweet you. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We always do during the season two episodes to break it up a little bit. The first one is Thursday night and then all of the Sunday 1 o'clock games. The second one's the Sunday late games, Sunday night, Monday night. That way we mention every fantasy-relevant skill player in every game between the two shows. We'll start this show, Joe, who, by the way, is the stud at FantasyPoints.com. Use code 21FEAST. With the 0-2 Jets at the 2-0 Broncos, is there anybody on the Jets we should even mention for one second, Joe? Uh, I mean, here's one guy, Michael Carter. Um, His snap share was up from 25% in week one to 45% in week two. 11 carries, 59 yards, two for 29 receiving. So there is something there. I'm just waiting to play him until until better uh, until better days are ahead. Ross, I mean, we have so much to talk about um, each and every week. I don't know why we'd waste our time on the Jets right now. Their offensive line is a disaster. Wilson is is, is seeing things. Um, I'm not writing Wilson off by any stretch of the imagination, but that was an ugly game last week. Yes, it was. There's no question. What about on the other side, Teddy Deep Ball? And the Denver Broncos. Yeah. He looks really good. Um, I, he's been the quarterback 11 so far this season. I mean, pretty damn good performance by Teddy. And it was great to see Cortland Sutton out there, uh, them going to Sutton um, uh, in that game, you know, kind of a, not greasing the squeaky wheel, but more just get his feet under him. You know, he only caught one pass in week one, and then Judy went out, and they needed him in week two. So, Let's look at Denver's backfield, by the way, because I think that's something that a lot of people um, are uh, are interested in. Through two games, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon, 74 snaps. Javante Williams, 61. Melvin Gordon, 29 touches. Javante Williams, 29 touches. Inside the five-yard line, Javante Williams, three snaps. Melvin Gordon, one snap. Can I deduce anything from this? A, number one, it's an even split right now. Number two, I think Melvin Gordon's the passing down guy. I think Javante Williams is the early down, short yardage, goal line guy. Um, personally, to my eyes, outside of Melvin Gordon's 70-yard run in week one, which does count, um, Javante Williams has looked like the better runner. I think it's only a matter of time before Javante Williams takes this gig. Uh, but you still have to play the long game. Melvin Gordon's not going away. Javante Williams is going to have to have one of those monster games to pull away, or there's going to have to be an injury. But right now, I think you have to consider that this is an even split, and both guys are kind of in that RB3 type of area. That said, you know, the Jets did give up a lot on the ground last week against 
uh, Damian Harris. So maybe you take a shot on one of those running backs this week. Next game up, it's the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungo-Vailoa ruled out this yep. week. Fractured ribs. Jacoby Brissett starts. A guy named Reed Sinnott is his backup, which is wild. Reed started uh, okay. one year at University of San Diego. I have never heard of him. In 2019. It's pretty amazing, actually. He might be playing against the Raiders on Sunday. But Brissett starts. Uh, they were not good. On the offensive line, really anywhere, Joe, on Sunday against the Bills. What is there anything to know about the Dolphins' skill guys against uh, the Raiders? You know, at the very least, I think Brissett's a capable backup, but he's a type of guy, Ross. I think he's the thing about Brissett is like he's one of those guys, it just seems like everything he does is kind of slow. Yes. Like if you remember, do you, obviously you remember Matt Liner. Yeah, Like, everything Matt Leiner did was, like, he was a capable guy, but, like, his arm was slow, his drop was slow. Yeah. It just, everything was just, like, a beat late. And I feel like that's it with Brissett, because I think if you throw Brissett out there and you put him in shorts and you put him against air, this is a guy who looks like he's got it all. You know, he's but he's just a beat slow. Um, That could be a problem against Max Crosby, who's done, who's been, you know, one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL so far behind this bad offensive line. Here's the problem with Miami, too, though. How about a garbage rotation in the backfield? I mean, you're scrambling for something to work against Buffalo, but five carries for Gaskin, five carries for Malcolm Brown, six carries for Salvon Ahmed. Um, Gaskin at least gets targets. He had five of them. Um, he's the only guy you consider playing here as a running back. He's a flex type of option. Uh, at receiver, Will Fuller's back, all right? That complicates matters. How many targets is he going to get? Um, I mean, he's going to be in there for for Albert Wilson, who isn't very good. Um, but Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker, I'd love to say both of these guys are strong wide receiver threes. But this Raider D, man, um, I, you know, I think that the pass rush has been pretty good. Um, I think they did a good job on the Steelers last week. That's all you can say. Wide receiver threes for Waddle and Parker until I see how Fuller's integrated. Um, this Dolphins team, Ross, just has some bad vibes about it. And I think it just it, it, it reverts back to the fact that I don't think this organization has ever shown like a full commitment to Tua, and now he's hurt. It, I don't have a good vibe about the Dolphins at all. No. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I do have a good vibe, strangely, about the Raiders. I mean, I, I tweeted yesterday, Joe, half joking at Ross Tucker NFL. Mm -hmm. I always make fun of like the really early season MVP talk. Yeah. So like half joking, I was like, your MVP front runner, Derek Carr. It is unbelievable how much engagement I got with that tweet. Either people disagreeing with me or agreeing with me or just saying, Two games is stupid, which it is. Yeah, but of course, I mean, I know, I know how you tweet, Ross. You always, I can always imagine you smirking when you tweet. But Derek Carr, by the way, has uh, has over 800 yards passing, which leads the NFL. Nobody else has 700, so he is he is lapping the field right now uh, in that category. Now, keep in mind, he's dealing with an ankle injury. Our injury expert Edwin Porras at FantasyPoints.com thinks it's a high ankle sprain. Um, quarterbacks can play through those more effectively than other positions can play through those. But just keep that in mind as he goes up against Miami, which can defend. There's no two ways about it. Miami can defend. Um, but 
Uh, Henry Ruggs uh, got behind the defense with Pittsburgh last week. Pittsburgh probably wouldn't have given that play up if they had Joe Hayden. Miami has good corners. Um, Josh Jacobs is out yet again. This team cannot run the football. You know, Kenyon Drake, I just don't think is a very good runner. I think he's a good receiver. I don't think he's a very good runner. Um, this team cannot run the football. Peyton Barber was their lead back. He had 32 yards rushing on 13 carries. If you're playing anybody in this backfield, it's clearly going to be uh, uh, Kenyon Drake because I think he'll, he'll catch the ball. Darren Waller has to be in your lineup. Um, uh, Brian Edwards, by the way, just three for 40 against Pittsburgh. Despite Derek Carr throwing for 382, he's got a tough matchup against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Um, not a guy I'm excited to roster right now. It's kind of Drake. It's kind of Waller. And maybe Hunter Renfro is a wide receiver three. And that's the funny part, Ross. Derek Carr has all these passing yards, and they don't have a lot of guys you trust. You know, you're not playing Zay Jones. Like, I would love to say go play Henry Ruggs, but you know how that could go. The guy caught like 25 passes last year. So there's a, it, they're mixing the game around. I think John Gruden's doing a sensational job with this offense, um, getting the most out of it, but it's not one that is overly conducive to fantasy right now until we get a clearer picture. Seattle is at Minnesota. It's a good wide receiver game. They can put up points. Phenomenal wide receiver game. Both these teams have been putting up points. Ross, what odds would you have given me on Justin Jefferson being the wide receiver three on his own team after two weeks? Because Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne have more fantasy points than Justin I did a K.J. Osborne game at University of Buffalo. I mean, that kid can play. I mean, they're going to play. So here's the thing. He has given Minnesota every reason to change what we thought Minnesota was going to be. Now, of course, the catalyst for this was the Irv Smith injury. If Irv Smith doesn't get hurt, we're probably not talking about K.J. Osborne right now. Because if Irv Smith is is out there, it's Irv Smith, it's Tyler Conklin, and it's Thielen and Jefferson, and that's their base personnel. That is what they would be doing. But now they're playing a lot of 11 personnel because they, they don't trust Chris Herndon yet. I don't know if they'll ever trust Chris Herndon. No one will let me know about Chris Herndon. Um, Keep an eye on Dalvin Cook, by the way, because he has a minor ankle injury. I think he's going to be okay. You know, he wrote, he came back from injury twice in that game last week, but he's not 100%, so keep an eye on him. Something pops up in practice this week. Alexander Madison would be kind of a speculative ad. But you know what you're doing. I mean, you're playing Thielen. You're playing Jefferson. Um, I don't expect that Jefferson's going to be the wide receiver three here for much longer in terms of production. Minnesota's a home underdog, so I think it's a good spot for Cousins um, to put up numbers. So, you know, Minnesota's Minnesota. And and I love talking about Minnesota every week because I don't have to say anything smart because they make me smart just because it's easy to play those guys. By the way, Thielen, nine for 82 and two touchdowns against Seattle last year. What about Seattle in this game? Uh, Seattle's another great team. Start them. Start the four guys. You know how to, who to start. Um, is the DK Metcalf squeaky wheel game coming soon? Because Tyler Lockett has exploded twice so far this year. Again, if you're in the business of picking the right Seahawk receiver for, for DFS, that has been a losing proposition. Um, because, uh, you would think this could be a DK Metcalf game. Minnesota's corners, um, Bashad Breeland's been getting roasted. I thought Patrick Peterson did a solid enough job last week on DeAndre Hopkins, but, you know, Rondale, they blew coverage. Rondale Moore had the long touchdown. A.J. Green scored a touchdown. They gave up a couple deep balls to Christian Kirk. This is a game where Seattle's going to be able to throw the football. Um, Tyler Lockett, by the way, have a, and, and D.K. Metcalf, 
have accounted for 60% of Russell Wilson's targets and 86% of his air yards. That is absurd. He's literally throwing the ball to two guys. That's who he's throwing the ball to. So, you know, you play those guys, you play Russ Wilson, you play Chris Carson. Um, he ranks Chris Carson, by the way, fifth in team share of, of, uh, of carry share behind only Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook. So Chris Carson, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, lock them, load them, start them. Don't think about anybody else. Don't think about any other brake pads, Joe, than Duralast Elite brake pads available exclusively at AutoZone. We all know Duralast parts, proven tough. Duralast Elite, like anything else that's elite in life, takes it to a whole other level. They last three times longer than a typical Duralast pad. That is good news. Safer, smoother, quieter stops, performing longer, copper-free ceramics, so they're eco-friendly. They're at all AutoZone locations. They have 6,000 nationwide, more ways to shop online and in-store. Look, you'll have no problem picking up a set we need the most. The future of stopping starts with Duralast Elite Brake Pads, only at AutoZone. Love me some AutoZone, and love me, Joe, the game of the week. It is the Bucks. At the Rams, both offenses firing on all cylinders. Both defenses, Joe, perhaps a little disappointing thus far. Uh, Ross, there will be no Duralast brake pads in this game. This is this is pedal to the metal uh, for this one. I am fr- fired up to see the Buccaneers and the Rams. I mean, uh, and let's talk about. Um, uh, all right, I got I got a really good stat here. You got, hold on a second. You got to start with the Bucks. Okay, let's because we have news that's going to affect everything. Adam Schefter just tweeted five seconds ago, Antonio Brown on the COVID list. Oh, okay. So what does that mean for your project? What does that mean for the game, Joe? Yeah, uh, well, first and foremost, um, it, all, it all depends on whether or not he's vaccinated. Because if he's vaccinated, then he can get back quicker. If he's not, I think he's got to miss at least 10 days. So that puts that puts week three in, in and week four in jeopardy. So let's uh, let let let's uh, uh, pump the <laughs> let's pump the Duralast brake pads on Antonio Brown right now. But once we get more information on him, we will uh, we will uh, uh, start to reevaluate. Okay, so here's the, here's the stat for you that I was coming. In. Antonio Brown does not affect this because he's not part of this, at least not yet. Do you know who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers goal line back is, Ross? Yeah, I saw your tweet. I don't want to steal your thunder, though. It's Tom Brady. The Buccaneers have run five plays inside the opponent's five-yard line. All five have been passes. All five have been touchdowns. Two to two to Gronk, two to Evans, one to Godwin. Tom Brady, and I, I'm going full narrative street right now, but what does Tom Brady have to accomplish other than narrative street? He's accomplished everything else. He wants to break Peyton Manning's single-season touchdown record. He and Gronkowski. Gronk was on the Manning broadcast on Monday Night Football, and he essentially said, hey, Peyton, Marvin, we're coming for you, baby. The wide rec- the, the receiver quarterback touchdown hookup. I'm not 100% sure how far behind um, Gronk and Brady are from Manning and Harrison. But it's well within 
the realm of possibility that these two guys are going to break the record. I think they are at 102 and Brady and Manning are at or and Manning and Harrison are at 114. There are two records to keep an eye on. Tom Brady wants to throw for over 50 touchdowns this year. And I think he and Gronk are are basically focusing on getting Gronk into the end zone double digit times this year. That is pure narrative street. But what else does Tom Brady have to accomplish? Um Jalen Ramsey's been moving into the slot more this year, which is interesting for Chris Godwin. I think it could be another Mike Evans game. Michael Pittman get, got up, got over 100 yards from the perimeter last week against the Rams, so keep that in mind. Uh, if you're playing a Buccaneer running back, it's Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones sticks. What about for the Rams? Well, uh, let's keep an eye on the status of Daryl Henderson. He's been a top 10 fantasy running back thus far. Um, but he's got a rib injury and they traded for Sony Michelle, not because they didn't trust Daryl Henderson's ability. They trust, they didn't trust his availability, but bears out Daryl Henderson uh, is injured as somebody who has Daryl Henderson on a fantasy team. I want Daryl Henderson to sit in this game because I want that decision made for me because I like, I, I, if they comes out and Sony Michelle is the lead back in this game and Henderson's active, it's going to screw a lot of fantasy lineups. So I want that decision made for me. But if, if Henderson is ruled out, I think Sony Michelle's an RB2. If Henderson plays, I think he is a low-end flex. I don't know how you can trust him. Now, the Buccaneers, Sean Murphy Bunting is one of the premier slot receivers in the NFL. He, uh, slot corners in the NFL, rather. He is on IR. Cooper Cup's target share is 38%. That leads all players. All players. Cooper Cup is a top five fantasy receiver right now. After week one panic on Robert Woods, his target share rose to 30% in week two. So he's fine to play. Cup is Stafford's guy. And here's another guy. Maybe you can trade for him on the low end because after a big game in week one, Tyler Higby had just one catch in week two, but he still played 100% of the snaps. He just didn't get targets in that game against the Colts. What about Joe... For the Packers and the Niners Sunday night, Packers got back in rhythm a little bit Monday night. Yeah, um, that was good to see. Um, the one thing that I question with the Packers here right now, though, um, is what is this running back rotation going to be like? Now, it it didn't look like good news for uh, A.J. Dillon in that game because the Packers were dominating in the fourth quarter and he still had under 20 rushing yards. But Aaron Jones was so hot that I just wonder if they were like, why would we go away from Aaron Jones? He scored four touchdowns in that game. It was great to see Devontae Adams get involved. But how about Aaron Rodgers? Uncharacteristically, Ross, I thought he overthrew Marquez Valdez-Scantling three times for potential touchdowns. I thought Valdez-Scantling got behind the defense. He ends up with a goose egg, but I thought, Ross, he got behind the defense. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, San Francisco still has problems with corners, but – um, they did a good job on Philly last week. I think they challenged Jalen Hurts to throw the throw to the perimeter, um, or and because they didn't think Jalen Hurts would throw to the middle of the field, which he didn't. Aaron Rodgers will throw to the middle of the field. That is not an issue. I wonder if uh, uh, Devontae Adams is going to have another big game. I would anticipate the corner performance of San Francisco last week is not going to hold up into week number three against the Green Bay Packers.
No, I think that's a good point. What about the Niners offensively? You know, that was a weird game against Philly. Um, I don't think either team was sharp offensively. The Niners just managed to get a couple of long drives together. Um, Debo Samuel, I think you got to start him at this point. I'm very disappointed in George Kittle, but if you drafted George Kittle, I, I, I think you got no issue. I, I mean, I think you have no choice but to start him, just four for 17 against Philadelphia. I think the big question people are going to have is in the backfield, for good reason. Everybody is hurt. Jamichael Hasty has a high ankle sprain. Trey Sermon has a concussion. Obviously, we know about Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Elijah Mitchell has a stinger. He had to come back in that game out of necessity. Is he going to be okay for Sunday? That backfield is something we've got to watch throughout the week. Don't have all the information as we record here on a Wednesday. Yeah, they picked up, uh, I think it's Jock Patrick or Jacquez Patrick yeah. from the Bengals practice squad. Something to keep an eye on. Finally, Monday night, Joe, it's the Eagles and the Cowboys. Yeah, so let's look at the Cowboys first and foremost because uh, we've got an injury that needs to be watched. Amari Cooper's got a rib injury. Um, and if Amari Cooper's got that rib injury, you wonder what the – and he can't play or if he's limited, which we don't know yet. By the way, they're not even – they don't even have to put out a practice report until Thursday afternoon because this is a Monday game. Um, what is the Cowboys' approach going to be? Now – Let's knock down a little narrative street here. Amari Cooper has historically struggled when Darius Slay has shadowed him. The Eagles are not shadowing. As a matter of fact, they're playing the highest percentage of zone defense in the entire NFL under new defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Now, maybe that changes if Cooper plays. Maybe Slay's like, dude, I own this guy. Let me cover him. He's hurt. Let me cover him. Maybe that changes. But through two games, that hasn't been the case for Darius Slay. They've been playing sides. Um the Eagles stylistically, um, and I heard Greg Cosell talking about this, and I think he'll pro- he'll probably talk about it with you on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Jonathan Gannon and um, and Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, come from similar backgrounds. They're tight. They both play a lot of too high safety, split safety. What did the Cowboys decide to do against the Chargers last week? Run. They came out running, and Tony Pollard has been excellent. You can make the argument he's looked better than Zeke, and I actually thought Zeke looked all right against the Chargers. So I think the Cowboys are going to come out and run. I think Zeke is an RB1 fringy guy. I think Pollard's a good flex this option this week, especially if Cooper isn't 100%, because they've been flexing Pollard out to the perimeter where he can catch some passes. So um, I think that backfield is going to be a huge part of what Dallas does against Philadelphia. The flip side of that is Philly's run defense has been excellent through two games. Mike Davis going nowhere. Elijah Mitchell going nowhere. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting chess match. Does the Cowboys decide against a similar defense stylistically to what we played last week? Are we going to give the, our backs 30 carries again? Or are we going to ch- chuck it around with a receiving core? That's dinged up, Ross. You have um, you have Amari Cooper dinged up and obviously Michael Gallup's out. And you're playing your backup right tackle, Terrence Steele. And that brings into account Philadelphia losing Brandon Graham for the season, which is a big blow to their defensive line. Um, If I have my Cowboys, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Pollard, and Zeke, I'm starting all those guys. Uh, Obviously, we have to wait on Amari Cooper. Eagles on offense, Joe. Yeah, it was a weird game last week. Um, How about this stat? Uh, This is from Ben Fennell. In week one, Jalen Hurts had the lowest average depth of target in the NFL. In week two, he had the highest average depth of target in the NFL. 
There's wow. got to be something in between there, right? Uh, Zach Ertz is on the COVID list, by the way, so we'll have to see if he's – he's apparently vaccinated, so he might be able to play um, if he tests negative a couple of times. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. I think the Philly run game has been spectacular. I think Miles Sanders has looked great. Um, I think Kenny Gainwell has been a really good option for them. And uh, Jalen Hurts, by the way, missed Devontae Smith for a long touchdown. He should have had him. The ball was underthrown, and it was late. Devontae Smith is getting open, so he's the guy I'm most comfortable playing in this passing game. Um, I would love to see Jalen Hurts go down the seams a little bit more. That's a weakness in his game. It's a weakness that Kyler Murray had. Um, Kyler Murray is starting to uh, improve on that. Let's see if Jalen Hurts can do it. Um, But uh, the Eagles also, by the way, lost right guard Brandon Brooks for a short time. Uh, They have him on IR with a pec strain. Uh, That means rookie Landon Dickerson, who did really well in the run game last week, is going to be in. Wouldn't be shocked to see Philly try to attack the Cowboys on the ground with Miles Sanders in this game. His name is Joe Dolan. At FG underscore Dolan is how you get Joe's stuff. He is the man. We love him. And FantasyPoints.com code FEAST21 is what you need to use to get Joe's excellent information. Not just Joe. A cast of thousands. FantasyPoints.com 21 FEAST. We still got the Madden contest going on this week. If you want to send me a sponsor and try to get in on, on this week's free Madden, Ross at RossTucker.com. Other than that, I'm totally stuffed now. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 